We're back after the deadline. Welcome back to the Twinville Podcast, everybody. Brought to you by NYY News TV. Be sure to hit that like button, comment, subscribe, turn on that post notification button so you know when there's a game season live and there's a live chat, live podcast, all that stuff on here. Also give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Uh, those come out usually the day of the podcast premiere or live or it's the day after, but uh, we're usually up to date with that kind of stuff. The trade deadline has passed and that's going to be our main topic for this episode. Um, Luca, how, how do you feel about the Yankees moves at the trade deadline? I feel mostly positive. It's just the last one boggled me. Okay. So that's, that's something. Um. Yeah, I I could say the same. I'm a little underwhelmed that they didn't get Luis Castillo. Um. Well, obviously, I'm also um, underwhelmed that they didn't get uh Pablo Lopez. Yeah, there's gonna be a lot of stuff that probably goes into the last trade that we'll talk about. Maybe a little bit in the Montas thing too. Um. But let's start it off with one of the trades that I've been begging for for a little while now, Luca. If you want to go into it. Yankees made their first acquisition. Andrew Benintendi, the Yankees acquired from the Kansas City Royals for TJ Sycamore, Chandler Champlain, and Beckway. So a bunch of, should say, mid-level prospects. I know I knew of Sycamore. I didn't know of Beckway or Champlain. Um, essentially, I guess that's what you're going to get for a guy like Benintendi who is going to be a free agent after this year for a rental. But I like Benintendi a lot. I like that he's a contact hitter. Unfortunately, the Yankees have not been utilizing him and putting him in the right spot in the lineup, but that's beyond me. So, uh you know, he's also came off. He's also struggled a little bit. He's, I think, one for his last 17. No, one for his last 20, and he's one for his last 17 as a Yankee. Not great. So, obviously, the, uh, the numbers need to improve. The at-bats need to improve. And they also the Yankees also need to put him in the right position to succeed, but I don't think they're going to do that. It's not very positive coming off that I trade. I'm again. I'm positive because Benintendi. I really wanted him, but I don't think a he's being put in the position to su succeed, and b he's just struggling a little bit. And everybody's going to go out. Oh, you know, he's Joey Gallo. Ask. I'm giving it a week. Let him settle in. Well, let us know of his stats at the moment before we go into anything else. Um, Benintendi this year. So far, he's hitting in the three tens. Um, let me see. Benintendi this season is hitting 308 with three home runs and 41 RBIs. This is the type of, type of hitter he is this year. Um, I know a lot of people obviously are concerned about his BABIP, um, but he struggled to start. And I think you're right on the point about um, you know him not being put in the best position. He's been hitting fifth. He's been hitting sixth. And I think that has to do with the fact that the Yankees don't really have much balance at the bottom of the lineup. Um, we're not trying to be negative Nancy's here, but IKF, 
Higashioka, Trevino on a consistent basis, Matt Carpenter. I mean, no, Trevino's gotten season. hot of late, so you really can't say that. Well, I'm just saying on a general basis of the lineup. I'm not talking, you know, throughout. You know, I'm not talking through this streak. Obviously, he's been red hot. He's got three home runs in two games against the Mariners. Um, but is he going to stay that that hot throughout the postseason? Is he gonna stay that hot throughout the regular season? No. So. I just feel like they should have went after another hitter, in my opinion, if they were going to try to attack that bottom of the lineup. But I guess it is what it is. Um, in a way, yeah, I do agree 95.5% that they got to put him in this role to succeed, but he's also got to start hitting the ball. Um, you know, he's what, one for 19? That's the number. So I, he might just be adjusting to the pressure. I don't want to give excuses. He's putting too much pressure on himself, essentially. So he's got to he's got to do what he's supposed to do. That's all. Yeah, and obviously the the whole theme of the Yankees lineup, usually on a uh, narrative basis, is well, you know, all hit home runs and stuff like that. But Benintendi's not that guy. Icaf's not that guy. Hopefully, Benintendi gets his act up. Um, but also, hopefully, the Yankees put him in positions to succeed from now on. And that's pretty much that. I'm happy with the trade. Hopefully it works out. Um, in your opinion, and I understand we haven't been through all the trades yet, how better did you think the Yankees got offensively with this trade? And I don't, at least that I remember correctly, the Yankees did not get any more offensive players. Um, As far as I know, I think the Yankees got another bat at the top of the order. That should be at the top of the order, at least as a contact bat that can get on base and let the power guys behind him drive him in. Obviously, he's not been put in that position to succeed. And, uh, yeah. All right. Um, Do you know what number those prospects were on the Yankees list? Because they weren't very high-end prospects. But obviously, Sikama was well thought of. I I'm going to check right now what number of prospect he was. Um, let's see. He was rated. Beckway was number 21. Champlain was no mention. And 19th was Sycamore. And Sycamore was drafted a few years ago. But yes, overall, in my opinion, it's a good trade. Hopefully it works out. The Yankees need this type of bat, but they got to put that bat in the right position to succeed. I think it just comes down to that. And uh, yeah. You want to go on to the next trade, which is probably what? The next biggest trade? It's it's the biggest trade. <clears throat> okay. Well, yeah. I I didn't do it in chronological order, but if you want me to do it in chronological order, I can. So Scott F. Ross was traded from the Chicago, Chicago Cubs to the New York Yankees for Hayden Wisniewski, the number seven prospect, I believe, for the Yankees. This season, F. Ross is... Pitched to a one and four record with a let me see Scott F. Ross. F. Ross this season, as I said, one and four record and a 2.62 ERA, 50 strikeouts in 44 and two thirds innings, 1.07 whip. Uh, getting to his more advanced stats, mostly positive when it comes to the MLB percentile rankings in baseball savant. Um, but his expected stats are very good, especially when it comes to expected ERA. I know I don't take 
that positive to light, but it's just I'm breaking down how well baseball savant thinks of him. Uh, his best pitch, if you want to compare batting averages, is probably the slider. You know, is thrown most is forty percent of the time. Averages around eighty miles an hour. A whiff percentage of thirty point one has a ton of movement. Twenty nine point three percent put away percentage and a slugging percentage of one ninety six. So. He's also gotten also 24 strikeouts with the slider, so it's been very effective. What about his other pitches? Sinker, he's thrown about 36% of the time, or averaging around, let me see, 90 miles an hour, 50, 15.6% whiff rate and a 38.2% put-away percentage. Changeup and fastball included as well. Changeup more so than fastball, averaging around 82 miles an hour, 25.5% whiff percentage, 20% put away percentage, and the four-seamer, 90.6 miles an hour, averaging around, so it's not a ton of velocity, uh, 26.3% whiff percentage, and put away percentage is around 21.6. So his most effective pitch is the slider. So he's got the slider, the sinker. Change up in the fastball. Change up in the fastball. So it's a four-pitch arsenal. Okay. Um, your general thoughts on getting him? Um, I didn't – again, I had a huge list of relievers that I wanted. I was like Gregory Soto, Joe Jimenez, David Robertson, David Bednar, um, Andrew Chafin. I think I'm missing one of – Michael Fulmer as well. I get like, a bunch of reliever names. Michael Givens was also in the match. But I've heard – I thought I, – I was like, when the Yankees traded for Afros, I'm like, mm, maybe it sounds familiar. I looked at the stats, and he is, the numbers were very good, so I have nothing to complain about. Now, how did he pitch tonight against the Mariners? I'm uh, pretty sure he got out of a scoreless inning. So, yeah, he ran into some trouble, got, got out of it real quick. Very nice. Uh, very nice. What were your initial thoughts, though? And I know this is a concern of many, at least at the time. And now, you know, people try to look past it a little bit. Your thoughts on them trading a guy like Hayden Wesineski for a low end reliever. And I understand, you know, I don't know where Hojun Park was ranked last year. Uh, same thing with the guy they sent with him. I think it was Diego Castillo for uh, what do you call it? What's his face? Clay Holmes. Um, you know, what was your first reaction? Were you kind of shocked at the package overall? I, at first, I was shocked shocked that they gave Wisniewski up, but I realized that he is a Rule 5 draftee, that he could be lost in Rule 5 draft, so it's better that the Yankees lost him for something rather than nothing. Okay, good point. Good point there. Uh, next trade. Uh, in, and this is the biggest one yet. Frankie Montas to the New York Yankees after missing out on, Ho- I'm sorry, Luis Castillo with Lou Trevino, the reliever for Ken Waldachuk, Luis Medina, Cooper Bowman, and JP Sears. Now we know JP Sears played a solid role for the Yankees as a spot starter and a long reliever. So he is going to be missed, but I think we got better relievers to covet that. Uh, Luis Mendina was obviously a high prospect for the Renegades. Ken Waldachuk was pitching really well in AAA, and I don't know much about Cooper Bowman. I think he's a second baseman, so they just get another one of those low-level prospects just to throw in. Well, you want to go into the stats of the two guys we acquired? Trevino didn't do too too bad against the Mariners. 
No, his stats will dict his stats will tell you that he's not had a very good year. But what he did tonight, I guess he did his job, and I think Matt Blake can you know curb his season in better direction. So Montas, obviously, I don't think pitcher records are the most indicative of what a pitcher is. He's four and nine this season with a three eighteen ERA, nineteen games, nineteen strikeouts. A one strike struck out 109 batters over 104 and two thirds innings. Whip is at around 1.14. His opposing average this year is around 233, which is a point higher. And that's how he's been. So very solid numbers overall. Very looks like a very good number two for this rotation. Right. Did you talk about the put away percentage and all that stuff? I'm going to get into right now. So according to Baseball Savant, he has mostly positive statistics. Well, I should say percentile rankings. When it comes to the put-away pitches and all the different stuff like that, his forcing fastball is the most common, averaging around 96 miles an hour, 22.9% put-away percentage and 28.4% whiff percentage, striking out a total of 43 batters. Uh, split finger fastball is the second most common throw in 86 miles an hour, averaging around 26% of the time. 21.21% put away percentage, 32.9% percentage, which is higher than the four seam fastball. The sinker is also the second most, com- the I'm sorry, the third most common pitch thrown 22% of the time, 95.6 miles an hour. 15.6% whiff percentage and a 24.2 put away percentage, which ranks highest among all the pitches. Next, you got the slider. So this guy is a five pitch pitcher. This is pitch number four. Averages around 87 miles an hour, 15.6% thrown at the time, 38.6% whiff percentage and a 21.1 put away percentage. Uh, then we move on to the cutter. 89.4 miles an hour, averaging around 9.2% of the time he throws it, and 23.1% whiff rate, and put away percentage is around 10%. If you're talking about the least hit, if you want to be even with the numbers, I'm going to say it's the split finger fastball, averaging one and a batting average against of 180. Okay, okay, and that's for... Um, Montas Montas is expected. Did you go into Trevino yet? So Lou Trevino has had a kind of a rough season. His ERA is apparently averaging around six. So I'm going to give you guys the numbers right now. Trevino, not Trevino, folks. One and six, 10 saves, six, three, four ERA, 46 strikeouts in 32 and thirds innings. 1.84 whip with an opposing average of around 322 if you want to combine both teams but 216 is was last year's 322 he's it's obviously the hit's gone up so Trevino does not rank too well among the baseball savant percentile rankings mostly in light blue which is negative or poor um, this season, he's he's a commonly a sinker ball pitcher with a forcing fastball, slider, curveball, cutter, and changeup. A six-pitch pitcher, you don't often see that for a relief pitcher anytime around in this decade and era. So his sinker is thrown about 31% of the time, around 95 miles an hour. A batting average of 442, which has hit a lot. 
a whiff percentage of 15.2% and a 20.8% put away percentage. So I think Matt Blake will help him make that sinker a little more effective. Four seam fastball thrown about 21% of the time, 95.6 miles an hour on the radar gun, averaging 342 opposing average against. Not a great pitch either. 27%, 27.3% whiff percentage and a 21.4 put away percentage. Sliders are thrown around 16.9% of the time, 143 batting average against, 52% whiff percentage, and 33% put away percentage. So if you want to balance out the statistics, the slider is probably the most effective pitch. Interesting. Interesting. And his sinker is what the second most thrown. So his sinker is the most thrown, but it's also the, the most, most hit. Most hit. So that's not very good. Um, he's what one in six on the season, I believe. Yes. So, okay. And, you know, you brought up a good point, and this has, you know, been a tale or should I say a theme for the Yankees a couple of years, you know, past couple of years. Like Michael King was 0-3 last year. He was not 0-3 by his ERA and his stats. Right. He was good. And, you know, I, for someone like me who was very down on him coming into the season, uh, he definitely proved me wrong. But Montas, I, I think he's going to get better. Definitely, he's 4-9 on the season, so obviously not a great record. However, with that being said, um, the run support's going to be there a little bit more f- for this team, uh, or I should say for Montas rather than the A's. The A's, you know, their offense was more dry than the Las Vegas desert. So uh, I, I think that a lot of people are high on this trade like I am, because he was the second best pitcher. We know what he could be. And also the ceiling. Like we know he can pitch to a certain level. We know he's good against certain teams. Like I, I was reading some splits. There was one team I forgot, but Tampa Bay and uh, Houston, he's done pretty well against. But also what comes to the, you know, what's a cost to that is, well, he doesn't have a good away yard. And that's kind of, of that, let me just say that is concerning because you have Cole who pitches away and he doesn't pitch well on the road. I agree with you. I agree with you. So I think the ceiling is going to be there. Uh, Trevino. Now let me ask you this before I go into my thoughts on Trevino, who are you more confident in rebounding and who, and I'm not going to say who is it more important because it's obviously more important for Montas to rebound, but who do you think? I I now I forget. I I'm like I'm like Joe Biden. I mean I I forgot the question I was asking. Um, but who do you think has a better chance of rebounding? Like rebounding really well. I don't think Montas really has to rebound. I don't think there's like he's had he has very good stuff. He has elite stuff. It's just that you know obviously that this you, everybody looks at the statistics and then they don't they just don't watch the game. So I think Montas is you know is also going to pitch better with more run support. So you have that uh, Trevino. I think he'll you know he'll be better. He's not going to be super elite with the Yankees, but I think he'll become eventually reliable. Yeah, yeah, down the line. Uh, the Yankees need pitchers like that. I mean, Albert Abreu gave a run tonight. I'm not so clear, you know, clear cut on him. Lucas Lidge, who almost got dealt. There's my water bottle. Almost got dealt to the Dodgers. If they would have dealt we deal him, him? If, if they would have dealt him to the Dodgers, why not send him with the Joey Gallo trade? Which I forgot. 
honestly happen because I'm so focused on the Monty trade, so focused on this trade and you know the the F Ross trade that I forgot about the Gallo trade. Um, but overall, your thoughts to finish up on this whole Oakland Athletics trade. Yeah, I think it's a very good trade for the Yankees. Obviously, the Yankees missed out on Luis Castillo. I'm still kind of a little raw in the side about that. I'm not exactly happy, but I'm glad we got Montas instead of settling, instead of trying to settle for guys like Quintana or Syndergaard. Like, I guess second best option is right better after the first. So, yeah, and a lot of things are, are going to be discussed after these trades. Uh, by me and Luca, of course, on this podcast, which me, which what am I saying by that? Where's Peraza going to go? Where's Florio going to go? We're going to leave that till the end um, because I feel like that should just be a general discussion overall. But I was a little pissed, yes, that Luis Castillo was not a Yankee. I feel like the Yankees could have given up some guys for him, um, whether that be Dominguez, Volpe, Peraza, Waldachuk, Austin Wells. But it's gonna be it's gonna be a telling tale. Who does better? Who does better? Right? And the Yankees got an extra bullpen pitcher. And I don't know that they would have with the Reds, but who knows? Um Luca, you want to go into the next trade? Uh we tr- this afternoon, as we were recording on a Tuesday night, uh technically just turned Wednesday, so there's that. Wednesday, uh some sorry, Tuesday afternoon, the Yankees traded Joey Gallo struggling outfielder to the L.A. Dodgers for Clayton Beater, who is now going to be in double-A with the Somerset Patriots. Yeah. Uh, do you want to quickly go over Beater's stats before we discuss the Gallo thing? Yeah, he was the number 15 or 16 prospect, I believe, in the Dodgers list, 0-3 this season with a 5.75 ERA. 18 games, 16 games started, 88 strikeouts in 51 to two-thirds innings with a 1.61 Walks plus hits per inning. Let me see his other stats as well. And let me see. And it's not allowing me to that for some reason, which is weird. Um, That's the basic stats I could give you off the top of my head. So I think it's really up to credit. I think it's a decent return. It's credits to Cashman for getting even a prospect back for Joey Gallo. Um, You know, we all know what happened with Joey Gallo and all that stuff. I want to talk about that in a minute. Um, I don't want to beat the dead horse on it, but I want to get your thoughts on like some stuff that transpired. But good for Brian Cashman. I mean, you know, is he an all-star prospect, the top five? No. But number 11, right now in the system, you can't go wrong with that. For a guy who was a colossal failure, probably one of the worst baseball players I think I've ever seen as a Yankee. Um, but Luca, what are your thoughts to recap the Gallo era in New York fan reactions? If you want to add in and also, did you happen to catch any fan reactions to his little press conference slash interview? No, I'd say this is nothing short of a disaster of what happened and what transpired during his time as the Yankee. He was never really productive. He was never the same player with the Rangers. Well, as he was with the Rangers, he was obviously an all-star. He was never an all-star caliber player. Not that I was expecting too much out of it. Obviously, he just 
he was a home run or nothing hitter, which the Yankees had a lot of hitters like that last year. And Brian Cashman said, fuck it, we'll still trade for him. And the Yankees have traded prospects for him, which, again, I'm not mad that, you know, if you're trying to be aggressive for a certain move, you're going to go all out. But now those prospects are probably doing well in the Rangers system. I know Glenn Otto is up in the big leagues. Josh Smith, I think, was doing well. So He's you have your – I think I could say if those guys pan out, I think the Rangers won that deal. And again, yeah. I'm not I'm never a guy that says, you know, don't trade the prospects or whatever, but that's just it's it was a bad miss from the start. I didn't want Gallup from the start. So that that's what it was. It was a huge misfire. Yeah, and I agree with you. I'm not a guy that hugs prospects, holds prospects. Uh, you know, I would have taken Bulpy for anybody as long as they were a valuable piece like I kind of want to get it when we get to the Cardinals trade. I want to get into Radon and Lopez because I feel like a lot of people are either disregarding that and some people are talking about it, whatever. Um, but that was just a, a bad trade. I didn't want Gallo. Um, you know, I outside of the tick and, and the stuff that got to his head, I didn't expect him to produce. Um, he was a hitter in the Yankees lineup that was the worst of the kind, home run or nothing. Judge. Good season. Stanton, good season. You know, Rizzo comes along, smoothens out that lineup that was left uh, right-handed dominant, excuse me. But I just never thought that was a good deal. Um, they had way too many of those type of hitters, and it didn't get them anywhere. Right. Last year it didn't. And this is not being negative. This is just reflecting on his time here. And, you know, we can feel bad for him and say, well, the New York market, this, that, and the other thing, whatever, how you want to feel. He didn't want to change his approach. He didn't want to change his approach. And here's the thing with that. It's oh, it's a team sport. You want to play in an individual sport. And, you know, I've had co coaches tell me and other teammates this before. Not as like, oh, well, someone's scolding me, but just legit, you know, just telling you. If you want to play an individual sport, go play tennis. Boxing. You won't hurt anybody. There's a lot of individual sports. And he didn't want to change his game. Slightly to be more productive in the Yankees lineup where we wouldn't have to shake our heads and say, well, this guy's an automatic out. Um, you know, I just thought that was a little bit selfish right there, but it is what it is. The era is over. I thank God that it's over to be real because I, I could not stand watching Joey Gallo. Like Joey Gallo, I'm not kidding, has, is, was the worst player I think I've ever seen in my entire life in his Yankee span. I don't think uh, that was – you said, what was it? Nothing short of a disaster in your words. Exactly, Definitely nothing right. short. Um, but Brian Cashman somehow righted his wrong in a way by getting Benintendi. Uh, for right now, at least, we haven't won any championships or nothing. These moves have to go into fruition. Um, but with that being said, you got Benintendi and you got a guy who's the number 11th prospect. So, um, Luca, you want to lead us into the next trade? So the final trade the Yankees had was trading Jordan Montgomery for Harrison Bader. Now, Bader is an injured outfielder from the St. Louis Cardinals. He's a, he's a great fielder in center field. So the Yankees are hoping when Bader comes back, he'll be the center fielder so they can protect Aaron Judge's legs. Ben Intendi would be in left field. So I guess he would get to start over Aaron Hicks. Aaron Hicks would be likely the fourth or fifth outfielder. Um, Personally, 
if you had a trade, listen, we all thought that we were doing our live stream and we all thought when Jordan Montgomery was getting traded to the St. Louis Cardinals that a follow-up trade was going to happen where the Yankees were going to get Rodon, where the Yankees were going to get Pablo Lopez from the Miami Marlins. That didn't happen and it makes this move a lot questionable. For a guy who's injured, listen, Jordan Montgomery doesn't have plus stuff. There's no worry about that. But now the back end of that rotation just becomes more of a question mark. Obviously, Nestor, fine. You Right now you have Montas, you have Garrett Cole, you have Nestor, you have Tyone, and you have Domingo Herman or Clark Schmidt. Or Clark Schmidt. So that's to be determined. Now, the Yankees don't – I'm sorry, they don't have a ton of pitching depth up here in the big leagues to start immediately. For guys who could come in and start, same thing with AAA. Like, Waldachuk was the closest, you know, top prospect pitcher there was in the Yankees trade. For good reason, though. Also, Hill before he got injured. Luis Hill before injury. Divy Garcia before he fell off the face of the earth. But... Overall, it's a questionable move. It's probably like the my least favorite move. Like overall, you could say Cashman did a good job at the deadline. He did what he needed to do, but in no way am I saying. Listen, when I said when I saw Bait, because again, I'm going to say it again. When I thought Bait, when Bader was coming here and Jordan Montgomery was being traded, I thought the Yankees were going to go out and push for a guy like Rodon or Pablo Lopez because we saw the reports from uh, John Heyman, and ultimately that's what not happened. That's what that's what didn't happen. And it makes the move a little head-scratching. You know, everybody's gonna be like, oh, at least we got Jordan Montgomery, this, this, and this. That back end of the rotation is going to be even more questionable. Listen, Clark Schmidt, if the Yankees finally give him that opportunity, I'll be blessed. I'll be blessed. But overall, still head-scratcher. Even, even if Domingo Herman still pitches, it's a head-scratcher. I just – I was weirded out. Now, first reaction – I said, okay. And ever, and, you know, I'm starting to interrupt, Alex, and people are like, oh, well, the fifth sp- spot doesn't matter in the playoffs, but we have to get to – there's a bridge before the playoffs. we got to keep winning as many games as possible to get ahead of the Astros. And the back end, will need, we need some help on the back end. I'm hoping Clark Schmidt's the answer. It can't be Herman. Yeah, I mean, I was just weirded out in the in the long – term thinking in the long scheme of things when I thought it out in my head first I'm like okay Harrison Bader that you know that's not totally bad you know he's an outfielder and he has been a gold glove winner and he's a decent hitter right you know nothing too powerful with the bat someone who could give judge some time uh to rest his legs in center field and then we traded Monty once again I thought the same thing as you but the Yankees are gonna go out and get a Pablo Lopez they're gonna go out and get a Carlos Rodon and people are saying well you know I, I don't know if I'm going to go ahead and trade Anthony Volpe or a top prospect for uh, Carlos Ron. No, I, I don't think, think that was the case. I think people were questioning Glaber because I know Glaber popped up in the rumors, especially for Lopez. Would you trade Glaber Torres for Pablo Lopez? Yeah, I would. I mean, he's he not had, untouchable. Yeah, let's let's not let's stop acting like he's untouchable. Um, you have LeMahieu, you have Carpenter at first base, you have Rizzo first base, whatever. Um. But I know people will say, oh, well, the opt-out, this, this, and this. He's worth the money. He's worth the $22 million. If you take a guy, take a guy like you got Garrett Cole, you got Montas, you got Rodon, then I would say we might actually be going to the World Series. But they didn't do that. Monty, okay, trade him away. He His shit is plain as vanilla. 
Um, I like his arsenal is very vanilla. Yeah, it's very vanilla. He takes too much time on the mound. Whatever you know, you want to you have your grievances with him or whatever. He should have went. Um, you know, people are still defending Monty. I don't know why he hasn't been good the last few starts, but it even puts a. It's just a weird thing to not get anyone back there. Like we said this at the end of Donaldson trade. There has to be another move. This can't be the final move. Um, so if anything, I don't know if it got worse or got better, Luca, because <sighs> you have upgraded with Montas. Sevi's probably going to be a bullpen arm in September and October. You're not giving him, you're not getting him as a starter. And then you got Herman at the back end of the rotation with, you know, how many times is Clark, is Clark Schmidt actually going to start? I'm sorry, I have no confidence in that. So I got a report here from Eric Bowen. Now he's a beat reporter for the Yankees. He says trading Montgomery certainly was not universally endorsed inside the Yankee organization. Some had head scratchy, some had their heads scratchy because of the uncertainty surrounding Severino and Tyone recent struggles. Not a reflection on Bader as a player or whatever, but more concern about weakening the rotation. I think that's what they did. I think that's what they did. They don't have a lot of starting pitching prospects who've come here and start. You don't have a JP Sears any longer. You do not have a Ken Waldachuk anymore. And am I going to be, I hope they start Clark Schmidt. Do I have the confidence that they will? I don't know. Oh, you got a good point. And I, I don't want to be negative, but it's just like that trade does not make sense. It's, Literally, do you think it's worse or better than what it was a few hours ago? Like you have the original rotation and then you have Montas, but you subtract Montgomery and you add Herman in. Like, do you think that's worse? The front end is better, but the back end is just worse. It's kind of like being a top heavy lineup, if you will. It is. It's top heavy. And I don't trust Herman's stuff whatsoever. It's constantly relying on the off speed. Can I ask you a question? Because we were, because I was questioned on our live stream about this. And I want to see what your opinion is. Um, would you trust Cortez as a third starter in the playoffs? From a, I, from a one to ten scale, what's the confidence level? Oh boy, um, I'd say five and a half, six. So you're not relatively that confident. Not that confident, but if he's if if you have to choose between Tyone, the fifth starter, and Cortez, yeah, I say no, Cortez. I mean, that's that's a win every day of the week. Um, but also, like, I'm just bummed out we didn't get another starter. Right now, if you would have left Monty, okay, that's a different story. But you go out there, you trade Monty, and people are saying, well, you know, give don't get don't give up anybody for Rodon or whatever. Rodon would have been part of a three punch in the rotation, and it would have been great, in my opinion. That's my opinion. Same thing with Pablo Lopez. I mean, Pablo was like a 1B, 2A option for me. Um, But I don't know. It's just the top-heavy stuff kind of concerns me. Now, what also concerns me is what are they going to do with Florio? What are they going to do with Peraza? What are they going to do with Andujar? I don't think there is an answer. That's the problem. The Yankees don't have a plan with these certain guys. Like Peraza, to me, has to come up sometime soon. IKF's been terrible. See what you got with Peraza. Florial, there's no room for him. So you might have to just 
trade him or, you know, send I didn't him get the Harrison Reader stuff. You can't really, tra- I'm not saying you can trade him because you really can't, but I think the Yankees should have just shipped him off and, and do her off as an add-ons on a certain trade. I don't know what trade that would be. Well, I mean, I didn't, I, I thought they were going to trade him. I didn't really get the fact, okay, Bader, but you got Florio in the minor leagues. Like, that's the one thing I'll say. I'm never a prospect hugger, but Florio, he could be good with defense. You don't need great defense. You need solid defense. He potentially has, you know, the power, but you need you need to give him reps, and that's what right. the Yankees haven't been doing, which is the unfortunate part. Um, but Luca, final thoughts, give a grade. Yeah. I'm going with a B-plus deadline. Okay. I think the Yankees didn't – they didn't kill – they didn't overpower it. It was not the ideal deadline. There's no – there is a perfect deadline, but you know that the Yankees are not going to do that because of certain, you know, things that they want to protect, certain golden boys. But overall, B-plus, the Yankees did what they needed to do. I'm not – again, they they can compete with the Astros. There's no doubt. I think they're on the same level. I just well, you don't, don't think know. they can win yet? Exactly. Okay. Um, I'll give this a B plus deadline too. Uh, you know, Montas coming in. It's, uh, you know, we got a starter, but we also subtracted from the rotation, which kind of pisses me off a little bit. Uh, Hater, uh, excuse me, not, not Hater. Uh, Bader. Harrison Bader. Yeah, we, we got to hit Bader. Um, whatever. Uh, we got Bader, depth guy. He'll come back eventually in Benintendi. Um, you know, hopefully he, he succeeds as a Yankee and Efros and Trevino. I have hope in them. Uh, be sure to like, comment, subscribe, do all the good stuff. People five star and Apple podcasts. Appreciate you guys. And we will see you next time. Peace later.